Welcome into the Clap Trap. Brought to you by Ultrasound Productions. Now also playing on 90.7 WKKL. Ray Mancini, and these fans know how much of a feat of humanity this man is putting up. 22 is the number. Feeling good right now. So far, 60% of the pitches he's seen have left the ballpark in this round. He said again recently, we're going to take it home again. I had a fun time winning. I'm going to win again. Six wins it, and now it's five that will win it. Another massive shot from Alonzo. Four to win it, like a countdown. Three to win it. Two to win it. He's not missing. One more to win it as Alonzo comes out of the timeout and walks it off. What a finish. Alonzo defends his title. The 2021 Derby champion put the belt on again. What a show. What an absolute show for all the like 10 people that were watching the home run derby. All right, this is the Claptrap and I am joined today by a good friend of mine by the name of Matt. Matt, how are we doing today? Doing all right, Zach. How are we? I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm uh trying to just keep interested in this baseball season. I've been talking over these last couple of episodes how I'm trying to finally get into the baseball year. And it's been kind of brutal. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I can't even get interested in the All-Star Game stuff anymore. I just think that it's, you know, to me, it's it's a little bit ridiculous in a lot of things. I don't know. if we, Were you watching? We were kind of talking before we started recording here. You were watching a little bit of it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I watched. I just, you know, I'm not watching with that same 12-year-old boyish excitement. Right. You know, I'm an, and an that's adult. what it is, God. It's like, you know, when we were kids, I guess baseball was cool, right? Oh, of course. I mean, you think back, you know, 99 All-Star Game. Yeah. Pedro striking out like the first six. I mean, exactly. That's, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I'd get, I'd get home pick up the phone call someone did you right, see, pick did up you the corner that, phone. Hit the, like, that was like how you communicated and it. did it you see wild. how big his head is now it's crazy <laughs> it's just insane how no it was it was a lot more fun back then and i think that there was a lot more what we would consider hall of fame talent or maybe the talent was just better known back then maybe i don't, I don't I know think, what it is uh, it's probably all relative i mean yeah. i think you know baseball put on a good show this week i mean i th- i mean i i watched everything the Sox have the, I, the floor themselves tonight against the yankees so right? i mean it's you know and plus what you know Aside from the revs, what else you got going on? It's so true, so true. But you started off with the All Star, uh, the home run derby there, which has turned into an interesting new thing. Uh, if you didn't know, if you weren't watching, it used to be you just get a certain amount of pitches to hit as many home runs as you can. Now it's a timed event uh, where you're allowed to just get as many home runs off as possible, and the rules are a little weird. I know that there's been a lot of people complaining about the the rules that happened, the the MLB hardos a little bit, complaining about the fact that the rules technically say in the home run derby, you're not allowed to pitch the next pitch until it is considered a home run, right? Which to me is it lands in the stands, right? And then an ump is supposed to tell the pitcher, now you can go again. Instead, as you heard in that clip, as we lead in with, it was just rapid fire, like go, 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 hit, go. Like that is obviously cheating if you're sticking to the rules, but do you really care? Like I, I mean, you're, it's a home run derby. Right. You're here to see guys hit, you know, absolute taters. So you want to penalize a guy right. because he hit it. He hit it 500 plus feet. While you've got someone else who's hitting a line drive, you know, yep. you know, 360. So I, I you know, it's a home run derby. Come it's on. true. It, it's it's very true there. And obviously, in the clip there at the end, you hear Pete Alonso hit the last six straight home runs on pitch. That's crazy. And like it was cool because they were kind of doing that rapid fire, and he just kept going, kept going, kept going. 
But then you got the other, the Hardos complaining that some players aren't actually taking that rule that way. Some players are, you know, taking advantage of it, obviously. They just need to get rid of it. I don't know why it's even an actual rule. It should just be like you have a time limit. Just go. Just go as fast as you want. Like, yeah. there you go. I mean, l- listen, take away, take away the BP pitcher while you're at it, too. Get a <laughs> just, well-calibrated pitch machine. Perfect, perfect. Put, that, put seven, you know, 80 miles an yeah. hour right down the middle of it. Tune it right up for that because, yeah, no. I, I, but that does take away a little bit of the fact of, uh, I don't know if you noticed it, but I think Pete Alonso during that end there got hit by a pitch by his pitcher. I thought that that was funny. So they, they're even, like, throwing inside on him. The great one was, uh, was it against Soto when he threw it wild? He threw yeah. it, like, left, like, threw, like, like 30 yeah. feet to the left and wild he did, like, stuff. the fake, you know, I'm going to charge the mound. That's uh, – <laughs> Uh, they're, they're having fun. They're man. trying to have fun with it. They're trying to keep it entertaining. But it, you know, it's it's a good time. And obviously, I was uh, really on board with the the Shohei Otani stuff. He's been one of the guys that has really actually kept me involved with this season here. I mean, I do the fantasy baseball stuff and all that because I mean, I'm obsessed with everything. But the Shohei Otani effect on the MLB, I think, is actually getting a lot more of the casuals like myself. I do have to put myself in the casual category. Uh, back into the game because it's the first version of Babe Ruth that we actually have gotten to see play, right? He's, he does it all. Yeah, I mean, there's defined baseball in these sort of eras, right? And right. for us, you know, steroid era made everything awesome. Everything, exactly. Everyone was hitting these, you know, taters out of the field. And, Loved it. You know, right now, it's you, you can't have that. So what's and, – and plus, I mean, Otani, you know, let's not just say he's like the hot thing. He's – He's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he's he's doing something real special. Oh, insane! Um, until his shoulder falls off, you know. It's, <laughs> right, it's, right. Well, the, no, I think that uh, I, I feel like I've joked about this before, but it's like you should just get uh, Tommy John surgery right when you walk into the MLB because you're eventually, as a pitcher, you're going to need it. And they seem to come back even stronger afterwards. Somehow. Yeah, Evaldi's got two of them under the belt, right? There you go. Yeah, just keep doing that until you eventually become legitimate as a pitcher. I guess I don't know, but I might was, get one uh, before our tennis match. Yeah, well, we'll get into that because tennis is a big factor of today's episode because Matt is a big tennis guy and I want to learn more about tennis so we're going to be doing that during this show here but he's also a season ticket holder for the Celtics we'll get into that as well uh, but I did want to just mention all the baseball stuff get it out of the way uh, because you know I, like I said I gotta I gotta kind of force myself to be involved in baseball right now because you just even said it yourself what are we what else am I going to talk about during the summer if I'm not talking about baseball right I guess you got some tennis stuff coming up we got the Olympics and then you got Team USA basketball, but we'll stick to the baseball for right now and uh, and see what we can squeeze out of this, uh, <laughs> this sport right now for content here. Um, and, and we'll talk about the MLB uh, All-Star Game itself next. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., how, how good of friends are you two? That's my boy since childhood, man. We come up together. We're kind of living almost the same life. You know, we grew up without... Son of major leaguers, and it's kind of be, it's had been almost a safe ride for both of us. American League. No. Now it's Bryant climbing in right side. All loaded up, two outs. To left. And it is gone. Wow. Jared Walsh saves the day for the American League. Oh boy. That one saved at least a couple of runs. Jared Walsh out in left field steals a hit. Ground ball should end it. To the right side. Merrifield has got it. And the American League has won their eighth straight as they win it here tonight. 5-2. And 
And in a game that lasted exactly three hours, the American League continues its dominance. Exactly three hours. That's exactly what I want out of my baseball games. I can't be having these three-and-a-half to four-hour games anymore. You guys have heard me complain about it enough over the time. But uh, this All-Star game, I, I would say, and, and Matt, you did say that you know they did a good job with everything. I think that they definitely did a better j- job with the home run derby than they did with the actual All-Star game. I think that once they took away, and I and I, I I'm sure I know what people are going to say about this, but once they took away the fact that whoever wins gets home field in the World Series, that takes so much away from that game for me. Um, and I get that that shouldn't really be a part of an all-star game. You shouldn't be you know, on an exhibition game deciding something that big, but that was kind of cool that MLB had that that factor where you, you, you would actually decide something important from your all-star game. I was not a fan of that whatsoever. You didn't like, I, okay. I, can, I can give you a whole bunch of different reasons, but no. Oh, of I, course, of course. I, I, it doesn't I, I, make sense to do it, but it, yeah, it, it, it's it's right the way it is. I mean, I, I you know, there's just a problem with with baseball, I guess, and the, and the it's not as big, not as popular as it, as it was. I mean, I, right. I I personally enjoyed that game. I mean, you heard exactly three hours. It moved. I mean, it was yep. it hit the under. So you know, yeah. I, I was uh, <laughs> there. We go there. But we go. Um, you know. I liked it. I mean, it felt you got, good. You got the right people. You know, Matt Barnes getting the bases loaded, getting so, bailed out by that nice catch out of left field. That and was that great. Was, that was one of the major things I had wrong with it, though. From a Red Sox standpoint, he was in there for twenty five pitches. What do we? That's our closer. We can't have him out there just like racking up pitches in a in a meaningless baseball game. But if you made the game mean something, yeah. like hey, we're playing for home field. That's what I'm saying. Now you're going to start, you know, having guys. You know, that's gonna, when that going to go extra to innings. They're right. going to go, and it's just you know, it it was it's fun for what it is. They yeah. do the mic up. They got you know the guy. What was it? Uh, X Man had the mic on when he was up at plate. Yeah, which yep, is probably yep. kind of difficult. Yeah, um, no, it, <laughs> uh, right. It's easier in like a batting practice uh, style or home run derby to be up there with the with the mic on. But in an actual game scenario, though, it's not real full pace game, I guess. But yeah, it, it's uh, I. I Personally enjoyed that more about it. I get that it makes sense not to have it. I'm not fighting against that factor, it, it, you know, to have an all-star game exhibition decide things. But I would be more on board with a guy like Matt Barnes pitching 25 innings. If I mean uh, pitches, if that meant later on the Red Sox could have home field advantage in the in the World Series. Uh, is there a, is there a financial incentive for the all-star game? I know the home run derby. I think the MVP dollars, possibly, um, you know, maybe along those lines. I can't see. I mean, but the way that MLB contracts work, they're always crazy. They're giving them money for everything. It seems. like. Like, so yeah. I, you could be onto something with that. But, you know, it was good uh, for the for the Red Sox overall. Bogarts went two for three with an RBI. Devers had one for two uh, as well. And then Evaldi and Barnes both pitched, you know, scoreless innings. So that was great from a Red Sox standpoint. Uh, but, yeah, the only thing that I had a problem with was obviously Barnes pitching 25 pitches there. And then uh, you have the game end in another win for the AL eight straight years in a row. Is that Do you think that that's based on the fact that the AL has like DHs and stuff, and that's such a huge advantage for those teams batting wise. Or do you think that it has anything to do with that at all? Even that one. Uh, so I mean, what's how's the World Series gone? It's been so Dodgers, Astros. So I mean, I guess yeah. even the no, I guess from even a, the, even the World Series are kind of skewed American League. So I don't know. That's that's a that's a great point. I'm yeah. not sure what the uh, well, I know the that they've been talking is, about getting rid of it and doing it like a universal DH kind of thing. So I don't know if that would change it so that the National League could kind of catch up. It does seem like they're playing a f- more foreign game in a sense, by having a pitcher hit, you know, and you don't have a Shohei Otani to throw out there who can do both. Yeah, I mean, but. It, it changes the game. Because as a pitcher, you're, you're batting a seven guys, not right. nine, because you bat around the eighth guy to get exactly. to the ninth guy. Perfect. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I didn't, I don't, 
I don't watch full end to end National League games right, generally. Right, right. I mean, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, they want to protect it for the purists. Yeah. That's fine. The I mean, purists. The, pu- the, pu- the purists aren't going to be around the that much longer. Are, oh yeah, the purists are ruining the game. I mean, I, that's one of the things that I complain about all the time on this podcast or show here is that the, the, the purists of baseball, the ones that yeah aren't going to be around much longer, the ones that are just giving you the ratings numbers because they're falling asleep watching the game and not actually continuing to watch the game. They're just asleep on their couch, but they are technically a part of those numbers. Those guys don't want anything to change. And to me, it's like, do you not understand that your your sport is going down pretty rapidly as far as viewership, and and you don't you don't have a new generation coming up really that's strong. So yeah, I mean, there's there's certain ways you can just cut it up. You know, make every other sport. You know, aside from football, but that's you can make football ten hours. People yeah, people, people watch would it. Still love it. You know, you cut it up to be two hours thirty minutes on a regular basis. That's the thing. You know, it's just more. That's why I mean, the, I liked the All Star game that we just had three right. hours end to end. Perfect. It moved well. I mean, it was uh. There was guys that were pitching after they get the ball, maybe six, seven seconds. You know, yeah, throw, exactly. Throw the ball again. Exactly. You know, there's no, uh, you know, rub the hat. Right. Sh- all the, shrug, all the, the stuff. The whole thing. That's the thing. And, and one of the things that I've always wanted them to implement is a pitch clock. If you had 20 seconds or, or 25 seconds to pitch every time instead of like, uh, you know, 45 seconds in between every pitch, then all of a sudden you're you're moving the game a lot faster. What, right? what happened to it? Didn't they have it in the minors? So uh, they're they're. They're messing around with things. They're messing around in the minors with pitch clocks and then the electronic umpires as well. So they're they're working on it, but the purists hate it and they don't want anything to do with it. But what the purists don't understand is when you guys grew up watching baseball, those games averaged two and a half hours long. They're now averaging three and a half hours long. You can't. That's that's something that needs to change. If you can't understand that, I get that you maybe now in your retirement stage have more time to watch the game again, like you were a little kid. But it's it's. To the rest of us, I can't start a baseball game at seven or eight o'clock at night and expect it to go three and a half, four hours and still be involved. I just can't do you it. You know, it's so even to you know when I was at the peak of my my baseball fandom, right? Right. I wasn't sitting there glued to every single pitch. Another when thing. you knew, when, you know, factor. but it was there were certain times it would be on in the background or yep. you know three four, you know Manny great and, background and, and Poppy like you and the, the, yep. they came, that part of the lineup came yep. around. You'd sit down, you'd make sure you were watching it. Oh, but, of course. You know, so I mean, and I think that's still the case, you know, even today. No one's really watching it end to end. I think there's just it's yeah, we everything's on our phones, we're moving fast paced. And you know, it's the game does not risk like right. you have that how many things could you do in between pitches? And it's it's sad, but you can check your phone, you can like it's the attention. There's just span. something that just needs to sort of speed the game up and modernize it right. a, a little so bit. So that's and where I bring be, in you know, the, the, yeah. the the pitch clock there. You get them going every twenty seconds. I think that it would be good for the pitchers too to be in more of a routine and kind of get the batters off of their routine, right? You control when the pitch is happening. They're the, they're also wanting to sit in the box and do and readjust their gloves and do their whole thing and tap this, that, and the other thing. Why don't you just get up there and throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it, and, and get him off his rhythm? I don't know. Seems like it would be something that would be worth uh, worth it for the pitchers. But instead, they go with the route of let's just get spider tack and make our fingers sticky, and then we'll be able to be better pitchers that way. So yeah, I don't know. Whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do. You ain't cheating. You ain't trying. That's a very true point right there. But, uh, you know, it, overall, it was an okay product. I wish they would change some things with the MOB. This isn't going to be the last time I complain about that. That's for sure. But, you know, we got the the, the Red Sox getting back to action here um, against the Yankees coming up. We'll see if they can continue to be this dominant, supposedly dominant team that is, to me, like on the verge of collapsing in a sense, too, because of their pitching staff and everything like that. But. I don't know the 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 even the Red Sox Twitter was like we remember all those tweets that you sent at the beginning of the year calling us a, a bad team and all this stuff so 
I'm wondering if this team is going to be able to continue their 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 reign uh, over the American League East, and if they can, they are actually like a legit contender. I don't know if you've been following along at all, uh, or, or much throughout the beginning of the year, but I don't know if they're a legit contender the way that their record would say. They've got to shore up, you know, and get some, you know, the front end. Everyone's been overperforming on the rotation. Exactly. You don't have. I mean, that's sale, the thing. sale comes back and can be an ace. I mean, who you hear? You might be bullpen. You yeah. might be this. Maybe. Right. You need. You, I mean, what, think about what like the, every time the Indians would go in, like they'd have mm-hmm. a Kluber. That you know, you need to have those 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 yeah. those, those pitchers because that's what playoff baseball trust? means. Who do you trust right now on this uh, starting rotation other than Evaldi? I, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, Evaldi's got that's got, it. Uh, yeah, he's. He's the guy. Erod started off the season good. He stinks now. Uh, that Nick Pavetta guy was good for a little while. He's been shaky. Garrett Richards is like the biggest complainer since the spider tack thing, and he can't figure it out. So yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, you put if you can have sale, even if you can start getting sale in the playoff games for like three, four, maybe five innings. Yeah, and you've got Evaldi. I mean, Evaldi's nails in the playoffs. Yeah, saw of course. The whole reason he got that contract it was, you know, after yep. what, 2019. Love it. Loved it. Uh, and then, um, yeah, and then, you know, you hope you only need three in the in the postseason, so you sure. hope that what's maybe a bit But it, Chris Sale might be, like you said, like a three to five at tops kind of guy, so it's more like a uh, one of those uh, pitching by bullpen type of games, right, where you have kind of like the starter that only goes two or three innings, and then you keep working through the bullpen That's there. sort of what he did when they won their last World Series. Yeah. Because, I mean, what yeah. was that? Uh, was it Kimbrel? Yep, yeah, I yep, could it, not uh, could not rely on him to close. No, the no, game. no. So it was, uh, you know, I'm hoping that you can re- rely on him to be legit coming back. Chris Sale, it's just that's a lot to to rely on as a Red Sox fan, where you only have Evaldi and then the hope of Chris Sale. Like, what uh, we got to get something else at trade deadline, right? Exactly. You get you know Wonderkin, Bloom, you know, just, uh, make make, moves. make you, moves. You've got you've got people's attention probably more than you have in the past couple of years that's in the saying. city in the strike while the iron's hot, right? Like this is this is the time. You, yeah, you I, shouldn't have been here. <laughs> well said. <laughs> you know, but uh, you, you are where you are, and so hopefully they can they can turn things around there. And uh, and I'm going to be interested to see how they do things uh, with all of that. But let's 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 move on to something else here. Here's Levine gets around Bruce. high 27 per game for the Bulls last year. They were in the playoff discussion for a good chunk of the season. There's Levine on cue, putting the lead back up to 22. Well, this is what the folks were expecting starting on Saturday. It took until Tuesday, but USA is victorious with the 108-80 to triumph. All right, there we go. We got Team USA back in the win column there. I'm happy about that, right? It was two losses in a row, and everyone was panicking, ready to jump off the ship. Where's Coach K? Where's Coach K? We need him. But then we started, uh, you know, playing actual Team USA basketball. You also have the factor that we don't have the whole entire team there, right? Because they're playing in the NBA Finals right now. But what did you think about the Argentina game? You feel like you were you were happy with the progress of the team? I mean, this- there's the, this team could go in and easily blow doors and just you know and win the gold, but they could also fall short. I mean, it's. It's funny, right? It's almost like we're watching. It, it's almost like watching an extension of the Celtics, like gr- going into this. Like it's, right. it's almost a feeling of like <laughs> underachievement that I'm 
effing used to. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I know. as a Celtics oh, season man. ticket holder, it's right. like I, I don't know. It, it's and you see the you know Celtics yeah, we, players, yes. and I believe me, I'm a I bleed green. Yes, you I, do. It just, yes, you it, do. Yeah, it's almost it was a familiar feeling. So who who knows? Maybe they'll underachieve and you know it'd be par for the course. Yeah. It's, it seems that way since number twelve left this area. Anyways, hey, you know it's uh, all right. We we won't get into all of that, but um, that is I guess part of it. But you know it's Team USA coming back now and kind of yes, I agree. Looking like the Celtics in a sense of uh, I don't know what it is. It's 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 almost that air of like. Yeah, I know I could win, but like if we lose, I don't really care. Like I don't really, and I, and it's an exhibition game at the same time. So I guess you can have a little bit of that mentality. We don't want to see that, at, at, you know, getting uh, ramped up for the entire tournament here, and you're going in back to back losses against Australia and and, uh, and um, I forget the other team well, there. Well, not for nothing, Nigeria, Nigeria blew thank you. doors on Argentina the next night, two right. nights later, whatever okay. it was. So, so I mean, there's and then you know, Argentina's just not of that level, is what you're saying, maybe. No, I mean, then then what? Uh, it, Argentina got you know they got blown out, and but Argentina what beat Australia at, a, at yep. the buzzer. So yep. I mean, it's yep. it's it was just a very funny showing. I mean, you've got some guys that have been playing together forever. Some guys, right. that, I mean, and, and with the USA team, it's just you know sort of a hodgepodge of people, and it'll be more hodgepodgey when they bring in what Middleton, Booker, right. and so. Right. You still don't, don't have really a point guard, do you? On they've, that got, team? they've got an unbelievable amount of talent, and they can they can cakewalk past anyone that that's not worth a damn. But or, if you're going to get to play a well coordinated, like well coached, you know, cohesive team, right? Um, you know, it's it's one game. It's not like you're playing a, a huge series against these teams. So, yeah, you know, exactly. It, they can anything can happen. Really, one and done. I, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, if I was betting on it, I wouldn't. I, I try to find more value somewhere else. <laughs> There's got to be more value, but yeah, no, it's. Uh, it's a team of a bunch of scorers, and then you got what? You, you got Bam. Uh, who, who's like the defensive presence right Draymond. now? Draymond. Draymond, and, and it's certainly not Kevin Love. He's too old right now. I don't. Th- I don't see much out of him. But I, I don't know. It's it's tough. You didn't have Jason Tatum in that game against Argentina, but they did win it. Uh, he's dealing with the knee soreness right now, which as a Celtics fan, you don't want to hear that. But I, I don't think that it's yeah, right, right. Just come home, dude. Uh, we don't need you to be over there, but. Uh, you know, it's 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 a team that doesn't have a real point guard type leader or something like that uh, on their on their team. I mean, you got Damian Lillard, but he's more of a scorer. Uh, you know, these other guys that are uh, Bradley Beal and Durant and obviously Tatum. And now you got Zach Levine. They're all just scorers. Right. So I, I don't know. It, it, can they change it and, and, and actually make something of it in in the tournament? I don't know. I heard a great take about the fact that these players are still playing like they're playing in the NBA, but you're playing by FIBA rules now. You're not going to get that like flail for a call and, and and go up to, you know, not really expecting to make the basket, but just scream out like you're not getting those calls anymore. And these players are looking around like, what the heck is going on? This isn't the NBA. I'm sorry. You're not going to get those same calls. So maybe once they get that in their heads, they'll be better off. But these guys have played international ball before. I mean, it's a. Uh... It's it's not a it's not a team. It's it's yeah. the most talent. And if they played any country, any team, more than once, they would always win the second. Figure there, it there's out. just there's just they might you know they'll get taken out you know randomly by randomly. Nigeria by you know right. the uh, Australia. I mean Australia is a good team. I mean there's, there's and they'll a, play them I, again. There's right? a lot they of guys play. on that team that I didn't know were Australian that I see in the <laughs> NBA. <laughs> right. I had no idea Patty Mills was Australian. Yeah, yeah. Isn't uh, shouldn't Ben Simmons be on there too or something? Is he? Is they, he Australian? They, might, they might be better off without him. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, give him the Team USA. He'll just come and only pass and never shoot, and that would be perfect for our would, team. Wouldn't Kemba have been a great trade for yeah. Ben Simmons straight oh, up? I mean, I think the contracts would have matched. I don't I might have to sweeten it, but, yeah. you know, I, 
I wouldn't have hated it. I, I mean, everyone keeps saying he's shooting with his wrong hand. Maybe you get him in here, you get him shooting with the right, and all of a sudden he turns it around. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he's not, he's not a, a bad one. play. I mean, you just can't, you can't rely on him for the big shot. No. It's, no. You don't need you, you don't need him to when you've got you know Jalen Jason right. There's other people on this team that can shoot. He you could, could do he that. He would be a uh, when, when you're on the Sixers and you only have Embiid though, or some like uh, you know role player type shooters around you, or or uh, you know that's not going to get it done when you have to have scoring from Simmons right, and you can't just sit in the corner. But um, yeah, I would love to see him on the Celtics. Yeah, it was like what was like a three day difference between them shipping out Kemba and then yeah. him going going it, on the block. It, yep, it would have yep. been nice, but hey, I, you know. Brad Stevens will make the best of uh, the situation he was that he's in. We'll so that's a, that that's way. a good way to segue though into like I did want to ask you all the the the, the Celtics questions. Obviously, um, you know things have happened uh, with getting the new coach, with getting rid of Kemba. How do you feel that Brad Stevens has done? Well, let's back it up even even further than that. How did you feel about the move of Danny Ainge being gone and then moving Brad into the front office? I, I mean, it, it seems like a financial move. I mean, I think right. Ainge's time, you know, whether it was if he wanted to leave or whether it was just sort of the writing was on the wall. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, I don't think Brad's, you know, was when Brad came into the league, he was thinking about being a president. Right. I mean, hell, hell it's a great, a great of a job. But, oh, yeah. I mean, okay, sure. But, I mean, that's just, I don't, it doesn't, it all just seems sort of like a financial maneuver. I mean, it's, uh, well, I think maybe you might have sent, the, sent me this meme. Uh, someone sent it to me right when it happened. It's like, to fire your GM and then move your coach up to be your GM right. and president seems like a move you would accidentally do in franchise yeah. mode on like a <laughs> yeah. on a NBA 2K video exactly. game or something. It's just it's unorthodox. It's a wild I mean, move. let's see if it works. Listen, they, I don't I don't mind bringing Al Horford back in here. He's a smart guy. He's made I think he's made some good moves so far. I don't think that he's made any wrong moves. Right. I don't see, you know, the Kemba trade. He, he got on that. He made it happen right away. I think that that was right. Get rid of him. I wish that there was an option for Ben Simmons out there, but it wasn't at the time. So you get rid of him. And yes, you were going to have to bring in a, a broken asset from some other team. You got Al Horford. I've always loved Al Horford. He's now going to be brought in at a much lesser role. So the expectations around here is going to be better and he's going to be pass first which Kemba technically wasn't. So it's good I, for the team overall. I still don't know if you're solving the core problem of no. what this team has. I mean, For and, sure not. You know, my, my you know, I'll, I'll sum it up quickly. My, my biggest theory, and this dates back, you know, six months plus, was yeah. that, I didn't know, I mean, shaking up the coach, maybe, you know, Brad might still be able to coach this team. I think you've got to, I've loved Marcus Smart, but oh I, what boy, I do oh believe boy. is that if you take Marcus Smart out of the locker room, uh-huh. Jalen Brown becomes the emotional leader of the team. For sure. And Jason Tatum becomes the you know the physical the, like the actual you know yeah. that's a locker room that I think would that I, like I think that. you could have at least given it a shot under Brad and seen how it works right you know that's sort of how where I think the 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 things because he, he was the most he is the most tenured player on the Celtics. so do you think that it was like a butting of the heads of Marcus and Brad or something along those lines no though, no no or? I just think there's a dynamic on the team where I think Jalen Brown should be the leader of this team mm-hmm. the emotional mm-hmm. leader of this team but mm-hmm. Marcus Smart is the most tenured Celtic so it's right. sort you know there is probably him and others in that organization that you know. He's the he's the word. He's like what he says. Like he's right. he's the voice. And I just he's also the guy I, that's going to throw a tantrum and throw chairs across the room and stuff like that. And so. when he sees that there's three seconds left on the shot clock and, for the yeah. other team, he's going to throw up a yeah. sixty foot. Sh- he I mean, thinks that just- he's the su- the shooter of the team and all this stuff. That it's it, there's a lot of stuff mentally that I wish we could just change about Marcus Smart and the way that he's like. 
I love the fact that he's the win you the game with the the effort play and everything like that guy. I hate the fact that he thinks he's the I can shoot this three to win the game kind of guy. I just it, hate it, it. It's almost becoming like my hangovers later in life, right? There's like a <laughs> one to one or one to two ratio. Like right. it used to be like, oh, I drink maybe a hungover for yeah. you know a morning. One one day. Now it's like it was. Now it's like a one to like for every one good thing, one great thing he does. <laughs> There's a bad. bad thing, you know, now yeah. it's starting to be like one great thing, two bad things, yeah. which is much like if I drink on Friday, you'll see me Monday. <laughs> exactly. No, that's a good way to put it here. But I, I do. I'm enjoying this, uh, this, this uh, dissecting of the Celtics. So I think that we're going to pick this up on the other side as well. So we'll do that now. So we were just talking about what uh, you know what happened with the Celtics. You've heard me talk about it, but I wanted to bring in a, a someone who is like we've said a season ticket holder for the Celtics. You know, you're a diehard Celtics fan. You have been for as long as I've known you, uh, and. So there's been some major things that have happened. So we've, we've talked about the fact that Brad has moved up. Ainge is out. You know my feelings about Ainge. I'm happy to see him gone, to be per- personally honest there. Um, and, and I'm questioning what Brad is going to be able to do. I get that he's a very smart guy. So I think that he'll be able to figure out the president role. I don't know if uh, you know these last couple of Celtics teams have given him a poor taste for coaching in that sense and in at this level meaning that he can't handle you know some of the diva talents that are out there and they're just going to go against him he's much better suited for the guys that are just going to you know listen to him and he can give them a little bit more of a boost that the uh, the Bridgies for example like he gets the most out of those teams he can't handle these superstar teams so maybe he's thinking you know what all right I'll go to the point where I can be more behind the scenes and rather in the face of these guys Maybe that's the case, you know. And maybe that—that's why I say I would have loved to have seen uh, if if Jalen was the locker room leader to see what this team would have been like. Because there's there's clearly a locker room issue. Where right. does it stem? I mean, everything. You know, fish stinks from the head down, right? Mm-hmm. But I do think if you had a different player leader, that right. you might see different results. Um, again, I mean. I, and Tatum I'd, wants nothing to do with that role, so Brown has to be the guy, like you were saying. Brown yeah, has and to I mean, be the Tatum's guy. gonna do it with his with his play, and, and uh, Brown just it, you know, Brown very he's 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 the leader. You can just you can feel it. He, he emanates intellectually. That. He's he's clearly the guy there. He, he's leading the way in a lot of you know uh, movements outside of the uh, outside of the locker room and things like that. I think he is. He's got to be the leader guy. Yeah, it's just, and as much as this is sort of pitched to us as hey, Brad wanted to be considered for you know. It, I it's think what I think what the it timing re- all of it really it, it's sort of a it was it's not it doesn't seem like an opportunity he was running towards it's right. more of like an opportunity that sort of he was pulled into right right exactly. you want you want to be running towards something not away from something exactly so even if he got you know fed up with coaching then you know take a take a step aside so you just want to you know change your title look at you know work with the same team the same group I, and I'm not saying that's what happened what right. I think this is, is all that speculation it all obviously. just became a he. He got sort of roped into the role, and we'll see how he does. I mean, he's probably going to be, be great. He, he could be great. So at far, it, so. so good. Yeah. He's done a good job. Like I keep saying, so far, all the moves that he's done, I've liked it. Um, I, I, I think going back to your point about the financial side of things, it's like you had just signed him to this big contract, Brad Stevens. You have him under control. You're just going to let him go completely. What you could do, another take that I heard that was out there. This one could be a little bit more far fetched, but. You never know with the way that the NBA works, and we've seen it happen before where they kind of hold on to Brad in this role right now and could technically trade him because they have him under contract like they did with Doc Rivers for a team that might want a coach like Brad Stevens. So you can still get value from having the contract on him is the take, basically, that you could utilize that, that uh, you know, him as a coach. Somebody else is going to want that. Maybe he has a year in the president role, and he's like, this isn't for me. I want to go back to coaching. Now you trade him instead, and you get a draft pick at least 
for it instead of just letting him go. Yeah, right? what what they get for Doc though? The Clippers draft pick, yeah, no, number twenty two, something. It it's, wasn't great, but at least you, know, you it, get something. I think it might mean a little bit more the seven ten million dollars per year that's, that they're going to be. I mean, I get it. I, I totally and, and you know the next the way that things sort of end. You know, the day before Danny stepped down was mm-hmm. the you know the NPR thing that got replayed. Right. right so right, I right. think no matter what, your ownership is going to have a more active role in president and GM operations as it is. Yep, I so agree. why not just sort of. If you're going to be doing it by committee anyways, why pay someone to not be there, have someone resign, have to bring in someone new? It, yep. it all just it, – it seemed I – mean, I mean, that's how I view it. Yeah. No, it's it definitely feels like that is what the direction is going to be too because, you know, it, it just – like you said, it it might have just been time for Ainge, but the timing is a little bit interesting. It, it's it's a little bit interesting, obviously, with all that stuff that came out. Um and, and and having Brad move into a different role is weird as well. But like I said, I think that he made the right couple of moves, right? Uh, my major thing about when we were going for the next head coach was basically anyone that Tatum wanted. That's it. That has that's my only criteria for that. Um, so he went out and got a guy that it seems that Tatum is fully on board with, and most likely gave the extra nudge of like, hey, I really like this guy. So uh, Odoka is going to be good from that standpoint. I believe they're bringing in Damian Stoudemire as well as an assistant coach. Saw that. So that's going to be good. I think that they're they're creating a good coaching staff there that these players are actually going to listen to, which is going to be huge. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Brad. I loved what you did with the bridges and all that kind of stuff. But when the team isn't listening to you anymore, we got to go a different direction, regardless so, of if, if that's for the right reason or not, too. So I love Doc Rivers, despite his you know fall apart, you know way he falls apart in the yeah. playoffs. Um, everyone thought he was the difference this year until you saw Philly fall yeah. apart again. So it's true, you know it's. Everyone, you know, you want when it's when you need to bring in a new coach. Everyone's gonna say, "Oh, you know, this guy can be the difference maker." Right, right, when right. things don't go right, they're the first person to, oh, yeah. to get the boot. In yes. in basketball, more than uh, you know, most sports, that it's a very there's there's a very fine line of you being a great coach or being just kind of like the the revolving door guy. Because there's a lot of those in the NBA and and friends that get put in because of superstar talents and things like that. Um, so I think that uh, Udoka can be a legitimate coach here. I think that just the the changing up of things is going to actually be good, obviously. Uh, I still don't understand why, going back to like Marcus Smart and how much he's involved, he was included in the decision-making process for the coach, but... You know, whatever you make him feel better and say that, yeah, you can, you, yeah, we did it because Marcus Smart said that. But I, I, I shrugged my shoulders and rolled my eyes a little. I, yeah. I mean, who maybe you just like you just said, you want him to feel like feel he's like part he's of the involved process. while you still have him here. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I just I, nothing. He, he's got great hustle. I just I think you need to shake things up. You're yeah. you're not going to not be a championship team because you traded Marcus Smart and maybe got back 80% of the return or less than that. But maybe the shakeup is something that does change the dynamic and and changes the the trajectory of this team. I love the way that you're talking about it with the dynamic changeup because, yeah, bringing uh, Jalen Brown, allowing him to step into the role that we all know that he should be in, but because Marcus Smart is that roadblock right now just because he's been here longer – you know, it, I'm sorry. Like you said, we love everything that he's ever done for us, right? Marcus Smart has been nothing but a hustler for this team and the type that you want on a bleed green type of team, right? But it's just, you know, you get to the point where it's two two bad things to one, like you said, the comparison there. Um, and and is he really going to give you that much more? Is he is he even a part of your big three? He's not even close to that. But people talk, of, or he at least thinks he's a part of that kind of a thing. So... I don't know what you're even going to be able to get for him at this point, 
but the the subtraction might be better, right? You, addition by subtraction might be the case with Marcus Smart, unfortunately, here. Packaging with picks and maybe some young talent and get the Miles Turner trade done that you should have done last sure, year. Oh, don't get me started on, on missed opportunities from Mr. Danny Ainge there. Mr. Trader Danny. Love that guy. See you later. Uh, but the yeah, I, I think that they did good with that. They got they got Al Horford in. You got the team thinking more about ball movement first because regardless of how good Kembo could have been for this team, he wasn't what was going to be what's best for this team. He's technically a ball dominant point guard. When he wasn't shooting good, it, it was glaring. You know that 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 he was not the the helpful factor that we thought he could be. And so you got to switch it up and, and bring something else in. I don't know what's going to happen. You keep seeing all these talks with the Team USA about, oh, is Tatum talking to Bradley Beal? Is Tatum talking to Lillard? What's going on there? And I just hope, hope, and pray that they're not talking about creating a super team somewhere else because that would be... I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I would do if we lost Tatum. The value of my uh, season tickets would would plummet, plummet. back to uh, post Big Three. That would be tough. Uh, days. Oh man, that would be tough. Um, you know that 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 would just be brutal. Um, I we've talked about it in our in our group chats and whatever about like I will literally be, like bend over so I can kiss it, Tatum. I'll do whatever you want, man. Please stay here because <laughs> that's the only thing that matters at this point for the Celtics. You have to keep him. He's your superstar. You build around that. That's the way it works in the NBA. I don't know, but I mean, just listen, I, I agree with you, but we're in this mode, this, you know, we're losing iconic superstars in this city, this region. Uh-huh, I, don't know, I think uh-huh. we're just sort of, you know, we're, we're, oh, in this... we're losers now. We're just going to lose all the players now. No, no don't, I just, I just, get... I just don't think it, it won't sting as much as the first time. <laughs> won't sting as much. Okay. All right. Well, I, it's going to sting a lot to me. Okay. I, it always stings a lot to me, but uh, let's switch it up to uh, the, the game that actually happened last night. We're going to start talking about the NBA finals right after this. Middleton and Giannis. Middleton fakes, now dribbles. Foul line jumper, shot, it's good! Middleton nails another! Now Booker with Tucker on him. Throws it up for Aiton! Shot blocked by Antetokounmpo! What a block from Giannis! Mike, that was one great block by Giannis. Chris Paul falls down! the ball and you've got numbers right now if you're the bucks holiday middleton inside he banks it home timeout phoenix this building is shaking looks like the suns are not going to call a timeout you can't let them roll the ball on the floor an 8-0 chris middleton run six point lead booker the drive gets inside banks it home with 14.7 remaining but how exciting is this series though Free throw is good. Final seconds. Paul will bring it up. Paul lays it up and in with 2.5. Makes it a six-point game. Bucks just need the inbound. Holiday trying to come free. They throw it in to Connaughton. And that'll do it. The NBA Finals are tied at two games apiece. Two games apiece. All right, so we were talking about the Celtics who have been bounced from the playoffs. We might as well talk about the finals and that series, which has actually turned into a pretty good series, I would say, overall. I think that you were saying that you watched the game as well last night. Yeah, I mean, I, I've listen, everyone was like, oh, I can't believe that the Lakers-Suns, is, it's the most lopsided 2-7 matchup. Right, right, right. I, I've been a backer of the Suns. I've just I've watched the NBA. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a night owl, so I catch a lot of the West Coast games gotcha. during the regular season. Yeah. Um, I, I've always liked the Suns. I 
I wanted the Suns to. I want the Suns to win. Right. Um. You know, it's even. It's all even now. So we'll see. But we'll see. You know, it's uh, it's been a very entertaining series. But it's you know, two games, two games. It's not a lot of parity. I mean, I mean, game five. Definition of it, rather. It's. You know, I want to see. I want to see someone win on someone else's home court. That I want to see you come from behind victory. I want a damn taco. Well. <laughs> <laughs> right, the uh, the locos taco or whatever there. That's uh, the come from behind thing. But yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's been a pretty good series, I would say overall. Do you feel like it's tilted, like really in the Bucks' favor now? Did they figure something out? What do you no. think? No, because game five can change home, can change it all over court. again. I mean, it's just. I mean, home I, court I, is I, so huge in basketball. But I would dare to say more than any other sport. It's all. I mean, it's also tilted all the time with the, with the refs. I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's. I, well, I love the NBA, I, and I, I'll wager on it from time to time as well. It's a lot easier, a lot more, and a lot, a lot more reflective of the actual teams during the season when not all eyes are on it. Right. I mean, this is you know the stuff last night. I mean, listen, it, the fact Devin Booker had that many fouls to begin with. I mean, but that but was but, wild. but you're you're starting to look at it like it's a product where it's like when you watch the WWE where yeah. like oh the ref wasn't looking so they pulled a chair they out and hit him with chair. it. How do you not call that sixth foul on Devin Booker? I do. I mean, it's it's it, it's, it's. I was seeing tweets online that Devin Booker was the first player in history with eight f- personal fouls in a nah, game. I think Giannis <laughs> got that against the Celtics last yeah, year in the bubble. I think he might have had like nine or ten. All right, but. fair enough. But yeah, no, it's uh, that that was brutal there. Um, it was it was brutal watching Chris Paul try and uh, you know hold on to the basketball. That was rough. He is. Uh, I mean, his, I, his I like reputation. Him. I do like him. I want I wanted him to win. He, I think and everybody, he hadn't he hadn't been doing he hadn't done that this year. Right. It's like Gian, Giannis has uh, been in the league uh, for only so many years. There. I want the Chris Paul story to work out. I think that he does deserve one. Um, and he's been in a lot of situations where he's been with players that kind of haven't shown up. Uh, you know, next to him basically. Uh, and so that was tough, though. I, I mean, especially that last one that he, he kind of just like dribbles to his right and just loses it and fell over, and then they fast break down the other way, easy bucket. Like he's looked bad. That man. was bad. He, I, what did he have? Ten points on thirteen shots. I think I saw. He's got fifteen turnovers in the last three games. <sighs> he had three in he the went, last three minutes last night, and that doesn't even include uh, the the. When he hit the bottom of the backboard right. on one of his shots, right, 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 like, right. He's just, yeah, you know, he's. No, I think um, he had five total in the game and only like six assists or something. Like, he just wasn't. He didn't have it. He's got to regain his confidence somehow. You hear him post game, and he just, you know, he's he knows he knows he's screwing up. Right. But he's just he's shaky. Oh. Like he's, it's tough. You hate to see someone go through because he's you, you. You never know if you're gonna get back here again, especially him. He's been he's what, easily got to have the most pressure. But uh, since '06, I mean, he's, right. he's been in the like exactly. That's what I'm I, saying. I want to see him when Giannis will get more cracks at it. Uh, uh, of course, of course, he'll have to. Um, be, whether it's on the Bucks or somewhere else, if he ends up going somewhere else and creating a super team with him, but you know, if you if you just put some other superstars around him that can shoot, Giannis, it would be easily like uh, the number two on a champion team. Yeah, you give him a. I mean, Middleton's being a pretty good closer he, for him, right? You know? Middleton, the the Celtic killer, Middleton uh, has been killing other teams as well. That was insane last night. What he did, uh, you even heard on the intro clip there. He went on an eight zero run by himself at the end of the game to basically put it away uh, for the Bucks there. So when he's on, he they are dangerous. They're an obvious dangerous duo because he's going to get a ton of open shots just from Giannis, you know, entering the 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 paint there. So it, it's I, I do I just feel bad for Chris Ball right now. Um, I think you could be right right about the you know it, it's just going to be 
whatever happens in game five and obviously home court advantage could be a huge factor. The refs could be a factor. I believe that the, what was it? Foster who refed game three, Chris Paul, something like the last 12 playoff games. He's 0 and 12 when Foster refed it or something ridiculous with that, which you can say what you want about the way that refereeing has been done in basketball, but that's a glaring statistic right there. That's that's that you can't make that up. There's just no way you would, the probability of that happening is is outstanding. I, I, I mean, the, the more glaring stat, it, it's it's the number, it's the financials, right? The right. NBA has to right. give back tens of millions of dollars. If they don't have a game to the, six, to ABC seven. Disney. Right. If there's no game six and seven, yeah. so no, that's that why you know, this this game seven will be fun. <laughs> that's I like that. Uh, I think that it could end up going that way, the way that it's been back and forth, and it'll probably just be home team wins it and. Uh, and then Game 7, you never know what'll happen. Uh, when it comes down to just one game to win it all, I mean, Team USA is showing you right now. Like, if it just comes down to one game, they might lose it. Any time that you could have a, a good team just show up. And I thought that uh, the Suns' overall team play has been was the beginning of this series, like, outstanding to me. I was, I was saying it on the past episodes there. That was the kind of basketball that the Celtics used to play three or four years ago when it was just move the ball, move the ball, find the open guy instead of it getting stuck on one iso ball player. The Suns is how I wanted that team to be. Go figure, Crowder's on that team as well. Um, That's the common factor. The common right denominator is Jay is Crowder. Jay Crowder. Uh, which, you know, it, actually, just to bring up the quick point of, of the discussion we were actually having with our friends the other day about the fact that uh, some people are comparing or, or saying who's actually the better player, Jay Crowder or Marcus Smart, which I personally think is kind of a, a weird, bogus argument. I do still think Marcus Smart is better than Jay Crowder, but I get the argument for it. I get what they're saying. I mean, they're they're not very comparable playing styles right. whatsoever. Uh, I'll tell you, up until up until this year, Jay Crowder probably shot like 75% from beyond the arc in the first quarter. Like oh, he, yeah. First, first oh, quarter, first that. half. He, um, but this is like probably the first season I've watched him that he's actually been able to have a consistent, you know, shoot 40% yeah. plus yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it beyond the first 12 minutes of the game it, and it's been a huge difference i also looked it up it's it's funny because i'm like oh if he's coming up on a contract yeah. he's finally no no he locked in for like three four years oh, last yeah, year of so course, that, of course, his of best, best contract he's, in the nba always oh, every single time best contract and that's what i think the the appealing factor to maybe saying that he's better than marcus smart is because he gives you some of the stuff that marcus gives you but on the most ridiculous uh, contracts team friendly deals which i love you know that oh yeah uh but it's you know i i did always enjoy pointing out the fact that jay crowder would be like a 40 or 45 percent from three shooter and it's like yeah because he went four for four in the first quarter and then he missed every single shot the rest of the game yeah that, that was him that's just how he would do it it was kind of hilarious how that always worked out there but as overall i think that the sun's team when they come together as a team they play that great team basketball you've got your i mean chris ball is obviously one of the better ball handlers and passers in the league right now you got devin booker who's going to be your scorer but they then you got that Aiton kid down down low who moves the ball well he's pretty dominant and then other than getting absolutely swatted by Giannis in, in that uh that that dunk situation block situation in the game last night he's been pretty dominant uh rebounding the ball you know all that kind of stuff so I love that kid too I just I like you said they're a very likable team the Suns are and I think that that's what a lot of people are thinking or were thinking going into this playoff series too um but you know it, it could be that Giannis has figured it out and and what I mean by figure it out is he's just giving 150 percent effort on every single game at this point. He's, well, you know, it's 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 Bud too. I mean, it's Coach Bud. It's the right. 
you right. know, Giannis isn't close. I mean, he's, he's making closing plays like that block. I mean, but I it's mean, but when you have Middleton going eight zero, because I mean, right, think right, about right. think about early against the uh, Hawks. I mean, you had they would just foul Giannis. He'd yep. go to the line. He couldn't hit the free throws. He was losing the games because you couldn't put the ball in his hands at the end of the game. Yeah, you don't have to, and you've got someone like Chris Middleton, or he can kick it out to a local kid, Drew Holiday, or, I mean, or you know, all the, they they got some decent uh, players there, shooters wise. But yeah. Um, I, I loved uh, when I don't know I, I didn't know if any other fan group did this other than the Suns or not. But in games one and two, when Giannis was up there on the free throw line and they were counting it out one, two, three, and getting up to like 10, 11, 12 seconds every time. Did it start in, in Atlanta? I don't know if it did. It, it, that's what I was wondering if that had started back then. But I think that that's one of my favorite new chants that's happened against any. It's just like that's pure good old fashioned fun right there. Yeah, you can sort of hear it in the back, even at home, there'll be like yeah. the one or two, you know, just random <laughs> fans. Who are, random fans. Yeah. Well, I mean, if if you're getting up to 13, 14 seconds in between you just starting to like do your routine, that's pretty insane. I mean, they're not saying Mississippi after each number. <laughs> yeah, so. right. Does that even count as actual seconds fair? Uh, but no, I, I enjoyed that. I think it's been a good series so far. I think that you're probably right. It's going to go six or seven at this point just because. Uh, that's the way the NBA likes to do things, which is fine. You know, it makes for bigger moments. And if you could see a Chris Paul winning a game seven for his first ever title, that would be a pretty cool moment, I think. And then it's a three-day turnaround until the U.S. men's Olympic team has their first game. Right. So good luck to Chris Middleton, Middleton. Devin yeah. Booker. Imagine, see, like, so that's the thing that I, about going on to Team USA afterwards, who is going to lose a final series and then want to go give 100% effort for Team USA. And or I mean, win. You're going to be just right. you know, showering right, yourself right. In, a, in a variety of things. I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, right. If, if you win that series, you're trying to be the one that's uh, you know going out partying on the party boat and everything like that or whatever bus that they go there. And uh, instead of wanting to go and play basketball uh, for Team USA, which, you know, I also heard things about people being like, you know, why is why is Kevin Durant even going over there trying so hard and everything? But to that, I say, like, if you if you had nothing else to do and you're arguably a top 10 basketball player in the entire world, you go and you play basketball on big stages whenever you can. Right. You would take advantage of that for as long as you can. Yeah, and there's also I mean, we can talk about it later too. There's 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 something to be said about if you can win a championship in your respective sport and also go get a gold medal in that same year, right. that same season. Right. I mean, so but I mean that's not obviously Kevin Durant. Obviously, so, not. I mean it's it's the but that would be cool for yeah either Booker or Middleton I guess to go right from that into possibly winning a gold. That would be actually pretty cool. So I like that. It's a cool feeling, but I, I mean I'd imagine it's a cool feeling. Oh, I know, right, but right. you know there's a but at the end of the day it's. You're gonna have all this adoration poured on you if you are an NBA champion, and mm-hmm. you have you know this whole glow, this you know period, and think yep. you know think about what the Bruins have done around these parts after, oh, yeah. after they won that Stanley of Cup. Of course, of course. Um, and then instead of enjoying it all, you're gonna hop, you know, instead of doing the PR junket, Run you're gonna hop on a plane and go to, go to Japan, where you know you're not gonna get that. You're not gonna get any fans. You're not gonna get any. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're gonna get none of that, and then you're gonna have to try your butt off and and maybe lose to. <laughs> you you're, you're celebrating in a bubble. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, going from being able to celebrate in either Phoenix or, well, I guess you don't really. Uh, Milwaukee, are they going to celebrate a lot? Like, what do they even do in Milwaukee? They eat some cheese or something? They I mean, like, hey, I know that it's a northern city, so it's probably tolerable weather this time of year. Uh, be outside, have good. your white pasty chest out there. <laughs> Very, um, yes. Down in Phoenix, you get about 120 degrees oh right now. God, You've brutal. got the haboobs. The, I don't know if right. you ever, I, 
I won't I won't dovetail into this, All but right. the boobs are scary, scary storms, man. Yeah, that's you don't want to mess with that kind of stuff there. So they'll, they'll just uh, roll over to California or something and, and go have fun in like the upper California areas there or something like that. But yeah, I can't see anyone either losing or winning the NBA finals and then being interested in turning right around and going to play for USA. How do you how do you back out? What I mean, is it like, oh, uh, like uh, cramps? Like what, I mean, right. what do you, what do, you just, do? It's got to be some. I mean, you, you got to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I oh, right. And that winning shot i actually uh twisted my ankle a little bit so sorry i'm not going to be able to show up or yeah, yeah. went went to disney and twisted my ankle right can't, right can't do it or yeah like i um just lost in the final so i just don't wanna yeah it's hard <laughs> just don't answer your phone i just yeah, <laughs> so i'm just not gonna show up but that's uh oh man but the the real reason that i brought matt in here today is because i wanted to talk and learn about tennis so we're gonna do that when we come back after this Djokovic faith that he was going to come forward looking for something to attack. And then he gets it here. Quickly gets it. That's a good pass. Djokovic has been rock solid at the net. Berrettini gives. Djokovic breaks, raising his level. Might be raising the trophy soon. He has done it. Major title number 20. One chase is over. He's caught. Roger and Rafa. And now the Golden Grand Slam beckons. Next stops Tokyo and New York. Tokyo and New York coming up after the Wimbledon there. So we, like I said, I wanted to get into the tennis factor here of what's been happening recently. We actually have a little bit of a scandal going on in tennis, which you know I'm always here for. And then, uh, you know, you got the Olympics coming up, and then eventually the U.S. Open starts at the end of August as well. Matt is a huge tennis fan, and uh, so I'm trying to learn more about the sport, uh, you know, and, and about the the participants in it and everything going on with it. So I felt, you know, who better to have on here to talk about it than you, Matt? So Wimbledon just happened. Uh, first of all, did you like the way that the outcomes happened? Like, did were you were you satisfied with the way that everything happened? Yeah, I mean, you if you knew it was going to be Novak. I mean, so, I think the so there, and just. For people that might tune out because they hear tennis, right? right? There's so many different angles you can approach tennis. Oh, I mean, yeah. You can come at it because you like to play or you can come at it because you like to gamble or you come at it mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. there's just there's so many different reasons to sort of, you know, step in. I'll take a, you know, take one step in with tennis. So, right, right. Uh, with Wimbledon, and I say this all because Djokovic, well, it was minus 200 for Djokovic versus the field before, Ooh, the, before wow. Wimbledon so started. Is that big of a he's, I mean, he's, he's at the top of his game, and he'd have done this a year, two years ago before the pandemic. Um, before, you know, he got injured, and right. then I think it was, what was it, two U.S. Opens ago, he hit a, I don't know if people remember this, he actually took, he had a tennis ball, he was warming up, he was done warming up, he hit a tennis ball back to, like, the ball girls, ball boys, and, did he, and he, he just, out of, just, the sheerest worst luck ever 
he a tennis ball hit a young girl in the throat yeah. who was working as a tennis yeah, yeah, yeah. they you know 10 minutes you know, the, the federation went to go look and then they right. just they DQ'd him out of the That's entire insane. tournament insane i didn't know it was that big of a deal but and yeah you saw it on I his face too like he's like t- despite his uh, his big serbian appearance right. he's, he's he's a he's good a he's, softy. You know, he's a you know, he's a he's a very respectful yeah, you know, and you saw it on his face the moment he did it you know it was like a, i oh my I god think whenever it comes like, to those types of sports like tennis or golf it's all about the respect issue and everything there's so many crazy rules and things like that but that one's uh, that's a little tough yeah i mean it's like what if obviously if, didn't mean to do that it's like hey balls in and baseball you accidentally throw it and you hit somebody in this like you know it was it hey, was they hit umpires was, all the was, time as right? innocuous right. as that and yeah. it was unfortunate but again i'm t- getting away from it. he's he's at the top of his game mm-hmm. the other uh, you know federer nadal unbelievable champions you know they're all they're all at 20 right now and Joker is going to hit 21 this year. That's okay. that's a fact. You can book it. So he's just going to and and that's the the overall record for majors yep. in tennis. So okay. you've got, you know, with the majors in tennis, you know, for folks that like golf, it's it's very similar, you know, it's a slam, right. same thing. It's uh the Australian Open, which is usually January, February okay. time frame. Uh that's on hard court indoors. Yeah. You will then get, you know, after that they'll start, you know, they'll play they'll go into clay season generally. Um, you know, there's all, all there's always different surfaces, right? And that's so based on like time of season kind of or Yeah, yeah, pr- pretty much. So you go from hard court to start the year, you know, you, and you start in Australia, mm-hmm. January, February. Um they'll go into clay season, which is usually, you know, from March up until uh Memorial Day, which is um in Paris, they do right. the French Open, so you'll see a lot of that in the you know, Southern America, um, European countries, where that's that's sort of the next season and where the people where the the tour goes. Gotcha. Um, after that, after you know the Memorial Day, you'll go into a quick grass season. So it'll be from after Memorial Day weekend up until right now. Um, actually, okay. Newport happening right now in Newport, Rhode Island. Yeah, is the last. It's uh, every year. It's the Hall of Fame tournament. That's because that's Newport is the National Tennis Hall of Fame. Gotcha. This is the it's the last grass tournament uh, on in the U.S. soil or last grass tournament for the ATP, um, the Men's Tennis uh, League. Okay. It's the last uh, of every year. That's how they ended up. Gotcha. So gotcha. After yeah. this, you'll start seeing a lot more indoor hard court again, prepping for uh, the you know Labor Day is U.S. Open. So the easiest way to always remember it, it's like Valentine's Day ish, MLK to Valentine's Day, depending. Zero Australian Open. Uh, Memorial Day is always French. Fourth uh, of July is always Wimbledon. Labor Day is always U.S. Open. So okay. that's sort of the, it goes the different clay, courts. grass, then hard. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. No, I, that's uh, so that's a good way to break it up too. Because yeah, I I can look at it from kind of like golfing terminology there and majors and things like that. Uh, and it, it's it's just the three of them there or uh, four of them. Uh, yep. The, so Australia, the- Paris. Uh, London and New York. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, no, that's and so what we heard in the little intro clip there was also talking about the Golden Slam, which we were talking about before we started recording because that's terminology that I have never heard of before, and it's actually kind of because of a unique situation here, right? Yeah. So so Djokovic has he won the Australian Open, he won the French Open in a great comeback against Sitspas. Uh, the match he just had against um, Berrettini in in. Uh, at Wimbledon, Mateo. Great. yeah, yeah, he's a handsome man too. <laughs> um, he, you know, he 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 was unbelievable. So 
He's won the first three all in the same calendar year. If he presumably could win the fourth uh, in New York, the right. U.S. Open, he would get all four. So it would be a calendar slam, which I, you know, a lot of us have heard about. He won yeah. all four majors in a single year. Which he's tracking um, for because he's easily the best in the league. Oh, most definitely. He'll yeah. be the prohibitive favorite once gotcha. again. Gotcha. Um, but because the Olympics are this year yes. and in between. The 2020 Olympics. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he has the ability to win a gold medal. And it's it's there's no, you know, real difference with olympic tennis versus any, they're all okay. international players that all come in together right so it's, no the, it's, the, it's the same competition it's not like there's a right how will this player play like you know, we don't normally see this person yeah, it's like, not it's, it's not all nba this, versus fiba it's, it's it's all the right. same yeah so he's i mean he's gonna he's gonna win those five i mean i i, I book it i take yeah. anyone's action against it because okay. i mean he's he, he's great i mean he there's a lot of young talent coming up um but yeah, if you, I mean, if you want to easily take a make a fifty percent return on your money, um, bet, bet him go. bet him to win any any That's, tournament. All right, I like that. Um, Jokic, yeah, I've 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 done the I've tried to like dabble with uh, tennis gambling and everything. I think that I've talked to you about like playing sets for him, like uh, Jokic sets whenever he was serving. I was betting on him every single time, and he was just dominating it. Yeah, um, he only um, he lost. His very first set against Jack Draper at Wimbledon, mm-hmm. uh, and he lost the very first set against Berrettini uh, in the final. He won every set besides that. I mean, he's wow. yeah. I mean, there's been times where people never yeah. lost a set. Um, I mean, that's it's. I mean, some it, of the it, does, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. That's that's the thing. Like these guys, only for gamblers. he could go out. Win, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he could go out and win every. But there's no. If you know you have, it's a best of yeah. five. There's, no, there's no need to like go. You know, twist an ankle, don't, break a leg. Right. Don't blow all your energy in this set if you don't need to and you know it's a it's a marathon not a not a sprint so um but yeah so of the of the four majors if you can like compare it kind of to golf how you know you have like the masters in golf which is kind of like the the championship of championships in a way is that what wimbledon is or is that more the u.s open or do you even think that there is something like that for tennis no i mean mean, there's it's really they're all their own like sort of unique thing i mean it's and it's all about where what type of player you are so you know rafa nadal you know grew up in spain he grew up playing on clay so he's the king of the clay like he just gotcha. clay is his surface and each surface is something different right so mm. um if you're the most technically sound hardcore you know that's you know you have the lines you can you know you hear the squeaks it's like the basketball of court kind right. of but right, you know, right. it's unique it's if you can play the lines and you can move really well uh, some guys are even sliding on hardcore now again thanks to joker really really um oh yeah so i mean that's that's for the best technical people that can play a you know hard serve fast game mm-hmm. grass grass is surprisingly fast it's you know it's you're able because it's cut so low you can hit your serves just as fast so grass and hardcore are built for the guys with the huge serves gotcha um clay is built for people that can be more tactical because that makes what, what actually Slows happens it down is, a little bit exactly yeah. so there's more time to react get in position makes and sense. if you grow up so if you grew up playing on grass you grew up playing on clay so Rafa's king of the clay. Federer, you know, always on grass. He always dominated Wimbledon. Um, you know, he's age has caught up to him, but he's still an unbelievable champion. Right. Joker is just the you know Novak Djokovic is the best all around. So he could do player. everything, really. Yes. Yeah. He, okay. He's he's one on all of them. So he's he's he'll go down as the best. He, he has to. I mean, he's he's that he's that. Now, great. is there something to be said on if you grew up on clay and then you try and go over to the other ones? Does it make it that much harder for you to transition? Or well, there's just there's people that have perfected it because it's about you know it's you that extra 0.01% you get better is what you know can be a difference between right. if you're a champion or not uh-huh. so when rafa was dominating clay as he still does dominate clay for the most part you know he's if you beat him then like it's you'll you'll see in the numbers right right federer's got like 
I don't know the exact numbers, but maybe maybe 11, 12 on grass, okay. and like 11, 12 major wins gotcha. yeah, uh, yeah. out of his 20. And then he's got, you know, maybe two or three on clay because he, you know, he beat Rafa he just, or Rafa wasn't there. Right. Like, and it's, it's, you know, it vice versa where Rafa's got maybe, you know, he's got his 10 plus on clay, but he's got maybe one or two on grass. And, you know, that Federer and Nadal match, the first time he did beat him on grass was Un- unreal that's that was what, that oh yeah, yeah. was that 08 stand was, up and actually wa- like really pay attention to that kind of stuff oh it was it, yeah i mean those when those you get the two, big but, names of tennis going against each other i think that that's when obviously and it's hard for sports like golf and tennis for you to be able to be in that national uh, spotlight sometimes but when you get the big names that everybody knows about because everybody i think everyone knows those big three that you've talked about right there federer and uh, Djokovic and nadal there serena on the women's side right and then yeah obviously serena is like the the dominating factor on the women's side which uh, you know that's all also, and I, I think that is she even touched by anyone at this point. Like, who's who's coming up in in the women's? So side of she's things? still seeking her first major victory since um, having her daughter. Since oh, having okay. Olympia. So right. you know, oh. there's she's got. She actually lost, I think, in three straight Slam finals. Okay. Um, you know, in one year she got there and just and she did, couldn't seal the deal. Jeez. So it, it's she'll get there. It, it's, right. It's, so she's still it's showing. It's much akin can. to like when you know, and much breaks for much different reasons. Yes, yes. But when Tiger came back and you. and he wanted Augusta, right, you know, right, right. It's, 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 it's like you like, could tell that he was he was getting a fourth and he was getting like an eighth. It'll getting, it'll it'll happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just no, you know it's, that makes sense. Um. So yeah, you, you got that, and then you got the Olympics coming up. Um. Uh, but yeah, like you said, no real rule changes. But are they playing grass or are they playing hard surface or what are they? I believe it's all hard surface. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I double check on that one. Yeah. You know, I, my Something tennis like fandom has, has increased more with years, but I'm, gotcha. I'm almost positive it's all indoor yeah. uh, hard court. No, that, that would make sense. It's kind of the universal, I guess, uh, for everyone. Exactly. Um, so that would that would make sense there. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to see what happens in the Olympics. Now I'm interested to see about this Golden Slam here. This is that's cut my attention as a casual fan to want to be interested in seeing this because if he is as dominant as you say he is which i believe he is that it should be like a it would be a, a big upsetting factor if he almost didn't get it at this point oh yeah sense. oh yeah of course I right mean, it's, it's um it wouldn't take away from anything he's done but no. he's just but you know I, if you watch him and you watch how everyone else can play i mean he's he's mentally so much he, he's got the physical components of a young man but he's got the mental components of a well-aged gotcha. player so yeah. that's why it's he's Put it all he's, together you know if you want to want to make money keep watching him play and keep <laughs> betting on him he's, he's never gonna let you down him. i mean he's uh th- this is his year and uh, you know i like i like watching him and he's super humble super super respectful uh the past two after the french he gave uh young boy sitting there who was like it's funny so he, he gave him his racket right but um and the kid freaked out yeah, jumping course, up and down going nuts but it was funny they asked him about it after the fact and he's like every after every time and I was down two sets against Sitsipas like I kept hearing him he was like you know hold your elbows in like stay tight like you know paint the oh, lines wow. the, the kid was like coaching him on yeah, so like yeah, yeah. it was you know it, it's, awesome. it's 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 heartfelt and like that. and he gave another racket away after Wimbledon to a, a young girl and it was almost almost bewildered so it's oh, two yeah, two yeah, entirely yeah. different yeah. reactions but now it was um I, I could be wrong on who this was but was there like a goofy interaction recently or or within the last I guess six to six months to a year with possibly Jokic where he was like denied entry into the locker room or something like that or was that a different tennis guy do you know what i'm talking about with that there i'm gonna have to look that up and, and maybe come back after the break with that information but i believe that there was some tennis guy who was going into his locker room and the attendant like was like no no i need to see your pass and he's like i don't have it on me like you don't 
know who I am. I prob- and, uh, the story doesn't ring any bells, yeah. but it wouldn't surprise me. I'll try me. and look it up here, but because uh, I got some other go- goofy stuff to talk about with uh, with tennis, because like I said before, we got a scandal in tennis right now, and I'm all about trying to dissect it, and I want to hear what Matt thinks too when we come back after this. All right, so I have one more topic, tennis-related, that I wanted to get into here, because you know, like I said, I love a good scandal, and apparently with Wimbledon, Recently came a newest tennis scandal that is starting to be investigated. Apparently during the Wimbledon matches, um, there are some matches that are under investigation for possible irregular betting patterns. That has now been reported. Um, So I wanted to get Matt's take on that as well, what he thinks about that, because tennis actually kind of has been known for some of these types of scandals in the past, which we're going to get into as well. But how do you feel knowing or finding out about the whole Wimbledon situation here? I mean, if you if you're looking at it as a better, it don't don't let it deter you. And I'm not I'm not sitting here sticking up for the the betting. I'm just well, it, it's it's I, so. I, am. I, I mean, I, believe me, I would <laughs> if I I would love if they could if someone would love to clue me in on who these fixes who the, are. Right, right, right. By, I mean, that, by all means, I mean, yeah, of course, but, of course, you know, it, it's. If you're betting on the major people, like I mean, so this it's funny this Wimbledon story that came out. So it seems history, to be lesser people, right? Well, the well that's that's what would make it a different thing. So it's it's the when it came out in the French Open, so a couple you know back in Memorial Day, right? It, it was a lower ranked uh, female player, and I mean to be honest, I I wouldn't even I didn't even know the name at the time, right? So you, I mean, you, that, and that sucks. Yeah. And like you, they should police it out. They should you know do whatever they have to do to keep it out, as mm-hmm. they would do in any sport. Um, what's interesting about this Wimbledon article that just dropped, though, that you actually sent over to me right, right, uh, right. this morning, they na- they narrow it down to Wimbledon, the tournament, mm-hmm. and to a g- it's involving German players. They didn't release names, which right. is a little so bit interesting. So it's still very at the very early stages of all of this. Like I yeah, like Matt said, I just was getting him onto this or or me onto this as well today. So uh, there are two alerts that have been provided to us during the championships uh, from the betting industry, indicating possible irregular betting patterns is what the article is saying here. And like Matt said, it's basically being brought down to two different uh, German-born uh, tennis players in, in with with situations in their matches. So the, the the whole entire story hasn't even been written out for us at this point. We don't really know actually what happened, but we do know something is going on, and uh, it, it's all about you know throwing matches and things like that. So I, when I was saying this, I was trying to see if it would spark anything in your mind as to like something you noticed that was weird that was going on during Wimbledon or anything like that. I don't know if you saw something, but... So I, I personally, I've seen... I, I, I couldn't tell you that I saw something in Wimbledon blatantly, right. but... I. betting on the games casually i've seen this actually with it happens to be a german player who was playing in wimbledon um you know know, it took in you know so there's a lot of different ways to bet tennis right um this in this particular um scenario i just bet that dominic kepfer german player okay would win two sets to none so it's a best of five if it's a major any of the side tournaments it's best of three um so I bet he'd win two uh two oh, you know, two love in the you know right. win both sets. And he's against a way lesser player. He's definitely a higher ranked uh individual you know, player okay. in this particular tournament. It was one of the grass tournaments leading up to Wimbledon. Gotcha. And um it won the first set handedly, you know, a couple breaks. Yep. It was like six two, six three, somewhere in there, somewhere in there. Was up th- up a break at least. So you know, oh, he had held serve, other person had lost their serve because he broke it. Right. So he's up maybe three oh. And all of a sudden just lost, I think probably what so nine of the next 10 or 11 games 
And, and it, because I was financially vested, I was like, hey, you know, what Wait, the what's hell? going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting there watching it. And Especially I'm like, having that kind of lead. And like, all, like, it makes you think that, like, and I just, this guy, that his opponent, I believe, just played at Newport and, you know, got his ass handed to him. Mm-hmm, so it, mm-hmm. it's not like he was a it's world weird. beater by any right, stretch. Right. So when you come tie back into this, it, it, it'd be very interesting if it was him. Because yeah. I, I believe Dominic Kepfer is the same player that Roger Federer actually beat in the court. It was either the round of eight or, no, it was round of 16 or the quarterfinals at, for the French Open back okay. in July. Oh, okay. Um, or back in May. Yeah, yeah. And after Federer beat him in like a in a ballsy match, like it was it was a good match. Federer retired. He's like, I he, I quit. You know, uh-huh. I, he withdrew from the tournament right. after winning the match. Right, right. And because uh, he wanted to prepare for Wimbledon, which he lost mm. to um, Hubert Her, uh, Herach, Herkatch rather. Um, in straight, so that's getting bageled. So lost six loves oh, to six zero in the very rough. last game of you know, the third set. So you wonder if someone gets sort of effed over out of a French Open right, tournament. Right. Uh, maybe there was they needed to do well, or maybe there's just some for some reason huh. you start leading into the smaller tournaments and into Wimbledon coming up. I mean, you might owe some people some money. Um, so do you think that like tennis is still at that point where they they still have a lot of people with their hands in the in the jar per se, and they can kind of change the outcomes? I I mean not in, not more than in any other sport I'd imagine. Okay. I mean okay. it's, it's the same. All right. It, the only difference is it's you know. I could be one of nine on a baseball team, one of five on an NBA team. Right. The other guys around me might be able to pick up my slack if I'm throwing the game. Right. Tennis is so individual that you know it's, it's you can be, really you, you should be able to pick it out a little bit easier. Some right? the bets that are or the you know the bets that are leading them to do this investigation mm-hmm. against you know these players. You know that it's in, it's in this article. It says they're very specific. So again, there's different ways to bet tennis. There was. When someone would lose their serve, like break their serve, like the exact set, the exact score of the okay. set so far, it was, you know, it was like when Mayweather tried to have someone put a hundred grand on him to win uh, against McGregor a couple of years ago yeah. at like the eight and a half round marker. Right, right, like right, it was right. like, uh, like under over eight and a half rounds. And he knocked him out like in the middle of that round yeah, like, to the he, T. He, but they rejected his bet because they were like, this is a weird <laughs> and awkward bet. We're not going to do this. Right. Yeah. So, no. I mean, but it's tennis, tennis is it's, it's a fun watch. It's a good get. Even if you just watch the majors, well, um, this is it's make usually it more for me. I'll tell you that it's usually on from if it's you know of all the different challenger levels and different you know the women's the men's um, from six a.m. till about four o'clock in the afternoon oh every boy. single day. So you got so. a little bit of everything there. Yeah, um, it's it's active. But I just want to I I do I just want to know more about what was going on. And I think that you were starting to lead into with the Dominic Kopfer right guy. Yeah, you were yeah. talking about that he could possibly be one of the ones in this situation with Wimbledon here. And regardless of how good the product is you're always going to get me and more of the casual fans involved when you tell me there's a scandal so this is i think good for tennis because uh they're actually in this article that i was looking at here they are breaking it down to a possibility of this dominic kepfer i keep Kepfer. uh, kepfer okay um being one of the guys that could be in this situation. So if he's already been in previous situations that have seemed a little iffy and now he's in this one, it's almost like you're you're leading me with the the cookies right to the the jar there. Uh the crump uh the I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. But, with, for- but what's interesting about it though is that I watch tennis and, and follow tennis yeah. daily. You told me about this story. I, well, so, that's what I'm so, I, so where is like where's, I said, it always pops up for me when it's a scandal. That's when I. That's maybe, when I get they, maybe they're trying to sweep it under the rug for the old faithful fans. So that was the other thing that I was actually going to ask you because it, usually with most of these situations here, I can find somebody a voice clip of somebody talking about it. 
and I can't. Yeah, I can't find a single one. I found articles here that I can read off to you guys here, and I found articles of people, you know, like I said, with the, the French Open in 2020. I have one right here with that, that girl that we were talking about there that was a lesser tennis player. But no video, no audio, nothing for me to put out there for you guys of somebody, an analyst, talking about it even. So I'm very confused how this isn't more of a, a big deal uh, in the tennis world and there isn't more audio for me to pull from, right? So well, I'll, I'll check the uh, the tennis channel archives yeah. there from the past day. At least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I Maybe I just can't find. I haven't it, turned but... on my TC Plus account yet okay. today. That's that's tennis channel plus. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You got that. Yeah, the, you know, the test channel. Sometimes plus. you need sometimes you need court sixteen on a Tuesday of afternoon. Course. That's normal uh, tennis watching abilities. And then we just need the ITIA to f- uh, conduct their full and, and confidential investigation here and get back to us about what's going on in Wimbledon, who's cheating, and how they're doing it. Because I want to know. I want to know who, because the one that you described to me with him being up three, basically three zero at that point is what you were saying, and then and then losing it like that's that's got to be one of the most rare occurrences in all of tennis history, right? That's got to be up there. He should be responsible for paying all of us back who lost money <laughs> if that is the case. That's I like that, and I've loved how we've been able to talk about the, the gambling side of things. I might need to just get you in here for the uh, for for gambling picks once I bring those back and everything there. A football season to be fun. I don't. I bet I'd be right down the middle, but. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll 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 see how that goes. Maybe we'll bring Matt back for uh, some gambling segments and things like that in the future. But I really just wanted to say that I appreciate having you on, and uh, with this was very informative, the tennis side of things. And then we also got your get your opinions on some other stuff too. So that was really good. Yeah, most definitely. You've got another, you know, pretty cool setup here. It's it's fun to see how the other half lives in here. I've had a good time. You set it up nicely. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have you on again another time. But uh, we'll we'll be uh, jumping on to something next after this. All right, one last thing that I did want to talk about today. We have had Matt on for the majority of the show, and I appreciate him coming on to talk about everything else. But now I'm going to talk a little bit about my Bruins and something that has just happened for them or a couple of things that just happened for them in this offseason. Not many things are going to be happening the way that the hockey offseason goes for another little bit, but we were able to get a contract signing Uh, And that happened when the Bruins signed Brandon Carlo to a six-year, $24.6 million deal. So that is a $4.1 million AAV, or average annual value, um, over the length of that contract there. So... I am ecstatic about this uh, this tra- this contract signing here for the Bruins. I think that this was a huge move for them. I think this was a great call by Don Sweeney overall, um, just because of the talent that you have in this player. Now, I know if you're thinking back to the most recent games that were playing with Brandon Carlo, obviously he had some what would be called, I guess, injury issues with the two concussions over this last season here, Uh, though they were due to some very dirty plays by other players. You know, it did happen. So what you got question marks about that kind of a thing there. But you have to remember, he's only 24 years old, 25 years old, and this kid is going to be around for a long time. So getting him locked in for the next six years at 4.1 mil per, per year is a great value for this player here who is going to be a a great second D pairing kind of guy for the entire length, I believe, personally, of this contract. So what you are having here also is the 67th highest average annual value by any NHL defenseman in the league, the 67th. So 
that is actually, if you think about it, a really good value for a second tier or second pairing defensive guy. Uh, especially with what we've seen that Brandon Carlo can already do at this point in his career, younger age guy, uh, learned from Chara, obviously, in a lot of senses. He's a bigger, taller defenseman there. He can throw his weight around. We've seen him been able to pick fights. We've seen him, uh, you know, basically doing everything. He did a great job in the uh, 2019 playoff run. Uh, in, in a lot of different situations there. And, you know, uh, if it wasn't for him getting a, a concu- couple of concussions this year, things might have gone a little bit differently. Having him in, uh, you know, those last couple of games for the Bruins would have been huge. Uh, you know, you were also missing Kevin Miller, which I'm gonna about, about to get to his announcement in a second here. But you were missing two of your bigger uh, defensemen there in a series against the Islanders where you really could have used them, in all honesty. So... That was unfortunate there. I'm extremely happy about this contract. I can't find any reason for anyone to dislike this contract. Like I said, the only the, the $4.1 million AAV is going to be huge, especially later on in this contract, because the way that this thing is going to work, I believe, over this next six years of this contract is the salary caps and the salary hits are going to go up for the NHL. I still believe that uh, it's going to be coming back from COVID and all of those things, and it's going to start to go up again. So these defensemen at this level that Brandon Carlo is already basically at are going to be getting upwards of $5 million, $5.5 million, so uh, for AAV on their contracts there. So you're getting him at what I believe is going to be a discount. And now maybe the reason that they could get him at that discount is because they locked him up for the six years as opposed to doing a four- or five-year deal. I get that completely. I'm in love with it. I, I love this player here. I think that it's a great contract sign, uh, contract extension by Sweeney. I know that not every single one of his extensions so far has been the greatest. I'm talking about Coyle. Uh, but he's also had some really good signings, I believe, now in Pasternak. Carlo are two really good. Um, you know, obviously you had to sign Pasternak, but more with, with Carlo here. I think that it was a great signing for this team and, and for what the future can be for this team. Because you have kind of a younger defensive core here. And the and and having Brandon Carlo be able to shore up that second deep pairing when you already have Charlie McAvoy on the first deep pairing that is going to really start to increase the ability to have good depth on this team and especially in that defensive side of things there. So, happy about that and the reason another reason to be happy about that is the other news that happened there. I was just alluding to it there. Kevin Miller has now announced that he is retiring from the NHL. So, the 33-year-old is going to go out uh, having played since 2013. He had uh, played in over 350 games there, regular season games. And, uh, you know, he was always just a really solid player to have. But unfortunately, towards the end of his career here, he was definitely a little too injury prone. I I had said it a lot during the playoff run and everything like that. You know, if it wasn't for him or or going into the playoff run, I believe one of my exact things or keys to the playoff run was can Kevin Miller stay healthy unfortunately he wasn't able to do it this year you know no it's 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 never his fault for getting injured obviously but it's just tough that he is such the the type of player that could change that type of a series I believe personally um 
just because of his physicality and his his uh, awareness in the defensive zone, things like that. You know, he's not going to be the flashiest of guys. He's not going to be a goal scorer or anything like that, but he's going to make the right decisions and he's going to make the plays physically that need to be made to that can motivate a team. Uh, you know, so that is the kind of player that you will miss. I think Brandon Carlo can be that type of a guy as he continues to grow, being able to know when to throw his body around that kind of thing. Um, so, so hopefully Brandon Carlo will take over in that role, but Kevin Miller will be missed on this team. Great player, fan favorite player. Uh, I know he's sad to go. He probably doesn't want to go. Usually with a guy like that, he wants to give everything that he can to the game. And I believe he has done that. So it, it is time for him to go. And uh, like I said, it will be sad to see him leave, but he is uh, going to go down as a great player for the Bruins on that defensive side of things, just because of his ability to know what to do in a lot of different game situations. That's just that's awareness. That's veteran leadership, whatever you need there. Kevin Miller was able to provide that. So very happy about that. So just wanted to get that a couple of Bruins takes out there. Obviously, like I said, you're going to have the draft coming up. So we'll start to try and talk about that when we get into that situation there. Bruins have a pick in the mid-teens, I believe. And, uh, you know, we'll see what this team can do going forward. Who will they sign? Will they keep Taylor Hall? Will they keep Krejci? I know that there has been talks with Taylor Hall. I believe that they are circling around a number of 5.5 million AAV for that player as well. And so that is good because I'd be willing to go up to 6 million, I believe, for him. I think I've said this before. And so I would love to have Taylor Hall back. I'd love to have Krejci back, try and run that second line back again. And then we'll see what else we can go with uh, or what we can get. There's a lot of rumors out there. Uh, I don't want to jump too far into them right now at this point in the offseason, but... We are going to see and and follow along closely uh, so that hopefully going into this next season, this Bruins team can make one more run at a legitimate Stanley Cup uh, you know, championship here. So we'll see how that goes, though. All right, that's going to do it for another episode of The Claptrap. Just want to say a thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thank you again to my guest of the day, Matt. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get him on in the future because I think that we have uh, we got some good takes out of him. And he's got some uh, tennis knowledge, right? I don't know how many people actually really want to know about tennis, but I don't really care what you think. I wanted to know more about tennis, so that's why I put him on the show there. Um, but uh, once again, this episode is going to be up on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can find podcasts, just search The Claptrap and you'll be able to find it. I am also up on social media, on Twitter and on Instagram, at The Claptrap, at Zach Clap on Twitter, my personal page, but I do a lot of tweeting out about everything I'll be talking on this show about, trying to interact with people as much as I can, so please give me a follow, a like, a comment, whatever. We can talk about any of these subjects here. I love engaging with people whenever we do talk online there, so if you could do that, uh, I would really appreciate that there. And I will be back again next week to give more of these ridiculous takes. So you guys have a good weekend. I'll see you later. Bye.